Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out for the ultimate training for commercial agents. It's CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, today we're going to talk about the future, right? In commercial real estate, I think also more so than almost any other industry. We really want to know what's going on in the future that's going to affect values, in fact, property use, in fact, impact the occupants of real estate. Well, please welcome my guest. It's Daniel Burris, and he's founder and CEO of Burris Research. He is author of seven best-selling books, including The Anticipatory Organization, How Disruptive and, and Change Can Be Turned Into Opportunity and advantage, and he's joining us on the phone. Daniel Burris, thank you for joining us again, sir. Hey, it's my pleasure to be with you. And, and Daniel, you've been doing this for a long time. You've got a great track record of, of being right. And, and like I said in the opening, in this business, it's trying to figure out what's gonna happen down the pike is so important to us. Uh, you know, how, how do you do that? How, how does someone predict the future? Well, one of the ways that I've, uh, over the last 35 years, had a track record of being right is I leave out the parts that I can be wrong about. <laughs> and at first, of course, that can sound kind of funny, but what is really interesting is how much you can indeed be right about when you know how and where to look. And basically, for all of our listeners to frame our conversation up today, um, instead of me saying I'm the only guy with the good list of trends, because there's no shortage of trends, the problem is which ones are going to happen and which ones aren't and when, uh, what I've done is come up with a methodology that has proven to be accurate, and that is how to take any trend and separate it into one of two categories. Either it's a hard trend based on a future fact that will indeed happen, or it is a soft trend based on an assumption that might happen. And when you learn to separate trends into uh, the future facts from future assumptions, uh, it gives you a powerful way to move forward because you can't stop a hard trend from happening, but you can see disruption before it disrupts, giving you the opportunity to become the disruptor rather than default to being the disrupted. And the beautiful part about a soft trend is if you don't like it, it can change. Matter of fact, I can remember being with some of the top real estate agents back in the in about 2008 and as we know, real estate was dropping like crazy. Values were going down, both residential and commercial, because I own both, so I understand. And so I was with the top agents, and it was going down, down, down like crazy, and they were very depressed. <laughs> and so I said to them, all right, is this a permanent change, and real estate value will go down to zero and stay there? Or is this a cyclical change, and it will go down and then swing back up again? And right away, they started feeling bitter because they realized, oh, wait a minute, uh, it isn't going to go down to zero, and it will swing back up again. Uh, my point is there are, is cyclical change, business cycles, weather cycles, biological cycles, but there is also permanent changes. Once you get a smartphone, you're not going back to a dumb phone. <laughs> Once the people in China park their bicycle and get a car, they're not going back to the bicycle. So if we can really start getting a handle on those future facts, those disruptive forces ahead of time, uh, we got an advantage. And 
some of your listeners might remember that uh, back in 2009, when I was writing not my latest book, The Anticipatory Organization, but the one before that, Flash Foresight. So I was writing that book. I decided uh, to use the principles of the book to start a company with no money and with no employees and uh, see how good the book is. And uh, what I ended up doing was creating the first national real estate app. And uh, we were the uh, seventh most downloaded app within the first week. And uh, we ended up with uh, millions of users and also found a way to monetize it. I charged real estate agents $24.95 for an exclusive zip code within the app. Uh, it didn't take long, and we had uh, millions of people doing that, and, and it went really well. And I ended up licensing that to a uh, small company that became big called Zillow. So when you're using real estate apps today, it was based on our software. So my point is, how did I know to do that? Because at the time, they were saying, well, there's only 150, there's 150,000 apps in the App Store. This is back in 2009. So if you're thinking of starting an app business, it's too late. There's already 150,000 apps. But I knew as a future fact, we had barely scratched the surface because there were hardly any business apps at the time. And I said, am I certain there will be more and more apps? And the answer is yes, sales apps, service apps, apps for uh, uh, remote diagnostics of diseases, apps for remote management of disease, apps to find your missing dog, uh, and so on. And I, so I was able to make the invisible future visible. That's what I'd like our listeners to do, Michael, today, is to instead of the whole everything is uncertain, we don't know anything about the future, we're heading into an election year, who knows what's going to happen, so we'll wait and see. I would like all of our listeners to be much more strategic than that and realize that disruption and technology-driven change is waiting for nobody, including an election. And the opportunity to take action in 2020 is really bigger than ever before because a lot of companies, a lot of commercial real estate people, a lot of malls, people that have malls and, and uh, so on, they're going to wait and see and they're going to miss the big opportunity of 2020. So I think if we start looking at what do we know about commercial real estate, about shopping malls, about people, we'll have a huge advantage. So you bring up 2020 elections and the, and the fact that some people kind of will be frozen in their tracks. There's probably be, you know, uh, a lot of, um, of uh, opposition on uh, both sides of the aisle, and, and that's spilling over into our dining room tables and our boardrooms today. So in your mind, you should not let that stall you in 2020, that there might be some opportunities? Exactly. Like, for example, what I just said, when I was starting in 2009, and I was getting ready to launch the first national real estate app, there was a CNN news article that came out and said, if you're thinking of starting an app business, it's too late. There's already 150,000. And what did I think? Oh, gee, I guess I should forget about this and do something else. No. What I thought is, good. I hope everybody listened to that. It'll get rid of a lot of the competition because they'll bail out making the mistake of the fact that actually the big opportunity just lies ahead. I think, Michael, the good old days of brick-and-mortar real estate, hear me now, is ahead of us, not behind us. And let's it's talk ahead of us, not behind us. And, and, it doesn't look like the days behind us because we're going to have to do new things. I mean, 
part of it is around what is your future view. If uh, let's just take if you have let's say 150 retail locations, brick and mortar retail locations, and you see the future as bleak and the good old days are behind us and Amazon's taken over, you might close 150 stores. By the way, Sears is doing that and others are doing that right now as we speak. On the other hand, if you look at technology and you realize we don't live in a technological world, we live in a human world and it's based on relationships and customer experiences. And the reason a lot of retail is going out of business isn't because of Amazon. It's because your customer experience is terrible. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and that's why you've got a problem. And you're trying to compete with Amazon instead of redefine and reinvent uh, the customer experience in a physical environment. So when you start doing that, well, why is Amazon opening up over 100 physical, tangible bookstores right now? Uh, why are there online e-commerce only companies that started out online opening up brick and mortar stores all over the country right now? They are seeing a different future than Sears and the others that are closing. They're seeing actually a new future. So I would like all of the people that are listening to this to, first of all, should pick up a copy of the anticipatory organization so that you can understand how to separate the hard trends from the soft trends. But secondly, once you learn how to do that, you should help the your clients and your potential clients and customers separate the wheat from the chaff. The old way of thinking, which is like looking into the future with, through a rearview mirror, into a new way of thinking. Because I don't mind... Uh, let's say the old technology. What I and I, I mind, uh, we call that, by the way, legacy technology. What I really worry more about is legacy thinking. So when we're talking to uh, uh, people that are thinking about commercial real estate, um, it's really about building change into it, using technology, bridging the gap uh, with that physical store to make it also. Uh, from a customer experience standpoint, not boring, but the opposite, exciting, and to be able to match Amazon prices in the store and offer infinite inventory in a physical space, which, by the way, you can do today. And if you'd like to ask me more about that, I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, I like it. So the future may be brighter for retail sticks and bricks because of that human experience. So a listener might be in a market or an area where they're looking and maybe the retail uh, properties they're looking at looks depressed, uh, but it may be kind of a, a, a cycle and how we've went from high technology uh, to now more of, hey, these technology companies realize they need the sticks and bricks. They need to have the experience with the customer. That's just it. You see, they don't have a relationship with the customer. They have a sale they've made, but they don't have a relationship. And the problem, the old version of uh, what you're calling the bricks and sticks or brick and mortar uh, retail, is that we didn't create relationships either. We just were transaction-based. Come in, you buy something, you leave. But the best of us did better than that. The best of us got to know our customers so that they became repeat customers. Because your best future customer is a customer you've already had. So yeah. we're starting to learn how to create relationships as well as not 
to create a boring store. Let's face it, no wonder Sears is closing. It was boring to go in there, and you talked to a sales clerk, and you knew more about how to find something than they did. Well, no wonder they're going out of business. Yeah, Daniel, that makes sense when you when you look at the experience. I just experienced it the other day. I was in a grocery store, and I got a bit of the Ritz-Carlton experience. I asked an employee where something was located, and he started to tell me the aisle, and then he said, look, this is, this is the aisle, but I'm going to take you right to the, the, the item, and I'm going to point to you where they are. And I thought, you know what, this is a store I want to come back to uh, because they, they tend to care about me. And, and Daniel, I want your, your view on the office world too, because there's certain a lot of it, certainly a lot of changes going on there and a lot of technology. So we're going to take a quick break. As soon as we get back, we'll ask Daniel Burris with Burris Research about the future of office and how technology and trends may impact the future. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty, for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Visit bullrealty.com or give me a call. Well, today we are talking with Daniel Burris. He's founder and CEO of Burris Research. He's author of seven best-selling books, including the anticipatory organization, turning disruption and change into opportunity and advantage. And Daniel, we were talking a lot about kind of retail and what's happening in the world there. And office seems to be another big change where people are putting more people in less square footage, people more working at home. Uh, seems like uh, a lot of changes there. You're looking at this every day. You're looking at the future. You're looking at technology. What might we expect down the road for the office environment? Yeah, let's remember that we, again, we live in a human world, not just a technology world. And some people are good at working at home by themselves and they can manage themselves and they do a great job. They thrive there, as a matter of fact. But there are a lot of people that need to be physically with other people. They need that team uh, work uh, environment. So I think we're going to continue to see offices needed. Uh, secondly, there are offices that are needed where we see our customers and they like to come to us. And there are a lot of businesses that have that kind of a office need. Um, third, we're going to be using more and more video conferencing technology, technology like Zoom and Skype and others, because we have inexpensive high-definition screens now that you can put into office spaces and even move them around uh, where you can, again, collaborate with others that are either at home or in office groups and have it work quite well. Matter of fact, I was just uh, working with a Silicon Valley company, and I was consulting with them, and at the same time, I was working with people that were in Asia and in Europe and in Africa all at the same time. So 
there is a both and versus an either or future when it comes to office. Here's what I mean by both and versus either or. When something new comes along, we think the old goes away. It's either this or that, either the old or the new. But to really see the future, it's the old and the new. It's the key is how you integrate the two together. So we're going to continue to see people working at home. And we're going to continue to see offices, but we're going to be using more flexible space in those offices instead of a cubicle that you sit in and that's your cubicle and that's all that you'll ever be in. Uh, it'll be more collaborative and uh, places that you can use. And maybe I'll use a different desk today because I have a different type of computer I need to work in front of. So there's going to be more flexibility. But my point is plenty of need for offices in this tech world going forward. So if someone says to you, Daniel, uh, hey, the, you know, office space is, uh, is going away. No one's going to need it. Everyone's going to be working in coffee shops and, and at home and uh, in their flying cars <laughs> and, so, and their driverless yeah, cars. A, that, well, <laughs> people that say that are always wrong. Um, I think, once again, for 35 years, I've been right using the both-and principle. I'll give you a quick example. Way back in late 80s, when CD-ROMs first came out, they, uh, people were all, everyone was saying, well, there won't be any more paper. By the time we get to the early 90s, paper will be dead. And, uh, they, and all books will be on CD-ROM. And I, if you read my stuff that I wrote back then, you'll hear me saying, no, 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 that isn't going to happen. By the way, we're going to have more paper and we're going to have more in digital because there's going to be a lot more to write about and to talk about. And you're not going to be reading a novel like Moby Dick on a CD-ROM screen. <laughs> but you'll be using it for dictionaries and for encyclopedias. So those are the kind of books we'll put in a CD-ROM. And that's what I said in the late 80s, and that's exactly what happened, because I used the both ends principle. So I'm giving all of our listeners uh, one of the many strategies that I teach in my books and my writing about how to be right about the future. And this tip is don't think either this or that. Think this and that. So we have plenty of room for office in the future. And, Daniel, if you were designing the office space of next year and the year after, um, what might you want to include in it that maybe you didn't have in, in your office space five years ago? Well, I would definitely want a uh, screen, uh, screen so that I could do video conferencing on the fly easily um, and be able to connect up and see the people that I want to talk to, show PowerPoints or whatever I want to demonstrate and have that capability. And not just in one special room. Because the last four or five years, there may be one room where you go to video conference, but you couldn't do it anywhere else. And now it's going to be, you could do that in any place, any station. Because let's face it, you can do that with a laptop. You can even do it with a smartphone today. So yeah. to make that a convenient, easy way to work. Secondly, we'll have some guidelines for that. Because do I want a video all the time? The answer is no. Sometimes a phone call is good enough. Um, sometimes I might need a physical meeting because I'm trying to establish a relationship with a client or a customer. So I actually don't want to be videoing. I need a conference room. So there's room to deploy different tools, virtual, real, 
conference room, office cubicle. The key is you have a strategy for those to maximize what you're trying to accomplish. And right now, I would say no companies have a strategy. But those going forward the next year or two from now will start thinking much more strategically with coming up with some guidelines on these are the best times you should be using video conferencing. These are the best times that you should be just doing audio. And these are the kind of things that you need to be talking to your customer or your client physically or your team physically. That's, that's and, good advice. And um, I've already crafted some of those kind of guidelines and had companies really find good use in them. So that, that's kind of one of the big keys I see going forward. Obviously, we'll have 5G wireless, which will be blazingly fast as we look forward, uh, much faster than today. So downloading documents, no matter how big they are, looking at video, streaming, or downloading anything is going to be extremely easy. And I'm, before you have to go, Daniel, I want to get to, to another question for you. We're talking with Daniel Burris, and he's a futurist, and he's been real good at predicting the future. And one of the things that we're hearing, Daniel, is that uh, – that we're going to have less need for parking garages around commercial real estate, whether it's office or retail or other uses, and that these garages need to be able to be transformed to other uses in the future. What do you see? I would be very careful about that. <clears throat> I know why they're thinking that, because they're thinking uh, everything's going to be Uber and people will just be taking public transportation or hopping in an autonomous vehicle, because uh, some people have been predicting uh, that by 2025, uh, there will be all cars will be autonomous. There won't be any steering wheels or gas pedals needed, which, by the way, is not going to be correct either. Can you imagine Lamborghini or Ferrari selling a car that has no way to control it? What are they <laughs> going to do? Say it's got nice seats, 200,000? I don't think so. Uh, I've had a Tesla for three years now, and I, I like it. It can drive itself. But frankly, I like driving it because I like to drive. You know what I don't like? Accidents. <laughs> yeah. um, so what we're really going to be doing is more semi-autonomous, where we're taking the accident part out, so you can't even have an accident. But we're going to let you take control with that gas pedal and that steering wheel. And there are many people that are going to say, I don't need to buy and own a car. I'm going to use an Uber-like thing to get around. But they're also, remember, this is the both-and, not the either-or concept. There are going to be a lot of people that still want to have their own car, and they're going to do that. And that's going to be going quite a bit into our future. So it's a both-and. I would say parking space-wise, if, if you're building office, you've got to be thinking of parking. Um, maybe not quite as much. I might cut back maybe 25%. But uh, I sure wouldn't want to eliminate it by 75% because then I'm going to have a lot of customers going somewhere else. Okay. And another theme we're seeing is with uh, electric vehicles first gas-operated vehicles, and that impacts commercial real estate as well. They need a place to, to plug in or not. What do you see there? You better have the electric plug-in. Um, it's, it's been, up until today, uh, it's been growing, but it's still a very small percent of the number of cars. However, if you look at the car manufacturers in Europe, in Asia, even in the United States, they're all starting to realize, you know what, we've got to go electric. Uh, and uh, let's just take my Tesla, for example. I've had it for three years. I've had no service, no repairs. I haven't even been to the dealer. I don't need to. 
Um, and I know two people that have three-year-old Tesla Model Xs, and they've got, uh, both of them have 500,000 miles on the original battery. Hmm. It's like, whoa. So I'd give me a gas car that'll do that with no service. So I think it's a definite major revolution. The manufacturer is already doing it. And, uh, and so you better have some charging stations set up. And do you think those char charging stations uh, should be uh, free to the uh, user? Is that the future? Or will they be willing to pay for it? Do you have an idea there? Well, I think it uh, depends on uh, what you're doing. For example, if I've got an um, office complex and I've got a number of companies that are paying to be in that complex, I might charge the customers for charging their cars to be there um, because it's a commercial operation. However, if it's retail and these are customers, well, I probably will give them free charging because I want to encourage those customers to come. So it depends on, you know, who's coming. Maybe there's a place for the customers to park and it's free and a place for the employees to park and they got to pay a little fee because, let's face it, it's their gas station. Uh, I mean, we all have to pay for gas, and if we're plugging in and getting our energy in a different format, we still probably should pay for it. So it's probably, again, a both-and situation. Right. That makes sense. Well, Daniel, it's always interesting to talk to you, sir. We appreciate uh, you being on the show again. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with you. And remember, pick up a copy of the Anticipatory Organization if you want to learn more. Absolutely. And we'll put a link for the show listeners and viewers out there. We'll put a link on our website at commercialrealestateshow.com. If you like less keystrokes, CREshow.com. Well, thank you for being with us. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you connecting with us on social media. And otherwise, feel free to reach out to me personally. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.